Hello, this is Pastor Nathaniel, and you're listening to the Edda Talk for the Eddie Walk Podcast. Here you'll find messages meant to edify and encourage God's people in the maturity, purity, and unity that comes from following Christ. From devotional thoughts to sermons from our Sunday morning services, my prayer is that the time you spend listening to this podcast will help you grow closer to our Lord and also lead you to loving others like He loves us. Let's get right to it. We're in a series called Adding It All Up. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5, Peter says, Make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance. If you've heard in the last few messages over the last few weeks, you know that with goodness, we talked about the outflow. With knowledge, we talked about the inflow. Self-control and perseverance have to do with the overflow. In Luke chapter 6, verse 45, Jesus tells us that a good person produces from the good treasury of their inner self, while an evil person produces evil from the evil treasury of their inner self. The inner self overflows with words that are spoken. Or another version may read, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Inflow, outflow, overflow. I like how Erica put it one time. You can't get out what's not in there. Makes sense, doesn't it? Because what's in there is what comes out. Second Peter. Chapter 1, verse 3. And if you're able, would you stand as we read God's word together? His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. 
For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. Four, if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, they are nearsighted and blind and have forgotten that they've been cleansed from their past sins. Lord, may we not forget. As communion reminded us this morning, may we always remember what you've done for us and how much you love us. And Lord, forgive us of those times we have forgotten and thought we knew better. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for how your word shows us how to live. And thank you for how when we live for you, with you in us, making us more like you, Jesus, Man, then life's lived the way you meant it to be. So bless us now as we spend a a few more minutes in your word. May we see clearly what you have to say to us and who you call us to be. Help us, Lord. Thank you. I pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Self-control, or as they say in the Greek, enkretia, or enkretia, doesn't matter how you pronounce it, still means the same thing. Mastery of the inner self, self-restraint, but it's deeper than that. It's a mastery proceeding from oneself, but not by oneself. I'll say it again because that's deep. A mastery proceeding from within oneself, but not by oneself. So if not produced by oneself, then where does it come from? Paul addresses that in Galatians chapter 5. So if you have your Bibles, Galatians chapter 5. And he makes clear that something will control us. question is, what? Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. 
You, my brothers, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge in the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring one another... Watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will, you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with one another. So that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery. Idolatry and witchcraft. Hatred. Discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Do you see that list of stuff? How all that stuff can take over, can take control of one's life? We want what we want, and we want it now. I don't know about you, it doesn't take me long to get angry. If my Burger King doesn't come within a minute of the drive through and if I don't get it my way, silly little illustration, but we want what we want, and we want it now. Don't worry, there have been no fits of rage with Burger King. (laughs) But can you think of instances when you've seen others taken control by such things? Can you think of times when you've been controlled by such things? Me too. It's because that That list of things all involves submitting to self and what we want. And it's all sin. But oftentimes it's tolerated because we want what we want more than we want what God wants. See why the self needs to die. The self doesn't die, it will lead us to eternal death. What are the wages of sin? Death. What do the old evangelists tell you? Get out before payday. (laughs) 
What does Paul say? Back to Galatians chapter 5. We're going to pick up in like halfway through verse 21. Paul says, I warn you. And he's, this is a warning out of love. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Can he be any more clear? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. That's the fruit of the Spirit. The virtues we see in those verses are not self-initiated. The fruit of the Spirit comes as a result of the Holy Spirit's work in one's life. So, as not to commit plagiarism, these next four sentences I stole. From the holiness today. It's no coincidence. There was an article in this month's holiness today. That's the bi-monthly magazine from the Church of the Nazarene. And the guy named Scott Sherwood wrote about self-control. How's that for timing? He didn't say this. I wrote this sentence. And I think you'll agree with it. Virtue is something that the world is desperately starving for. And here's what Scott Sherwood wrote in Holiness Today. Let's be clear. Virtue is not something that God requires from Christians. Virtue is something God promises to us. I like that thought. Self-control, still not me, self-control or any other fruit of the Spirit is not performance to be perfected, but a presence to be practiced. Because you know, I don't know about you, but I try to do something on my own, produce one of these, and I fail miserably. Because I'm trying to practice to make it perfect. That's what we learn as kids, right? But no, here we're told there's a presence to be practiced. When the Spirit of God is consistently present and permitted unfettered access, the qualities of God are needed deep into our soul and become distinguishing marks of who we are. Did you hear that? Unfettered access. That's what He wants from us. He wants all of us. The whole house. Don't be mad at me if you don't like it. But, I recommend if 
you've never heard the comedian Michael Jr., you have to look him up on YouTube. He's funny. And he made a great illustration one time about how the house he grew up in, there was this room, the living room, which was always clean, always beautiful, but nobody ever lived in it. Nobody went in it. It just always looked immaculate. But you could go to the family room or the bedroom, but you couldn't go into the living room. His point was, what's the purpose of a house? To live in the whole thing. When he lives in us, he wants all of us. Not just this portion, God, you can have. He wants unfettered access. He wants us totally surrendered. And you know what happens? You know what the result is? Everything that flows out of us flows from Him. His presence that we practice. It's not something we have to control. It's because we're controlled by something else. We're controlled by Him. It's either He controls us or something else does. Rage, malice, anger, sex, drunkenness. Guess it's a good thing the kids are not in the service today, huh? Pastor Nathaniel said sex. <laughs> he controls us or something else does. Oftentimes, self-control requires perseverance. They really go hand in hand. There are times we suffer because we're practicing self-control. We don't want to do... Okay, let me start over again because I really had to work on this sentence, but it's good. We don't do what we really want to do because we know what we really want isn't what he wants. Does that make sense? But it's tough because we really want to do it. (laughs) Self-control often requires a holding back from us as we patiently wait for God to provide and bring to pass His promises. You know, David was anointed king by Samuel. We read about it in 1 Samuel chapter 16. This was before he killed Goliath. So he's a young man. But it wasn't at least a good 8 to 10, maybe more years before David actually became king. Because Saul was king. That's a long time to wait, isn't it? And how do you think it felt after he defeated Goliath? That would be a confidence builder. Then he was in Saul's presence in the temple. And Saul tried to kill him. 
because the number one hit song back in those days, Saul has killed his thousands, David his tens of thousands. That made Saul jealous. He tried to kill David. David had to flee. After David fled, Saul was chasing him. But wait a second. Wasn't David king? Wasn't that rightfully his office? Couldn't he just take it? Well, there's a great account in 1 Samuel chapter 24. Man, I tell you, Saul has been chasing David all over Tarnation. And now David is in the wild crag of the goats. Doesn't sound like a place you want to hang out, does it? And there's a cave there. And he's deep in the cave. Well, Saul has to use the bathroom. Why are you laughing, Barry? Everybody has to go to the bathroom. King Saul goes to the cave to go to the bathroom. And David's men are like, dude, this is your chance. You could kill him while he's going to the bathroom. And the kingdom is yours. David snuck up behind Saul. Cut a piece off Saul's garment. And snuck away. After Saul got done doing his business, went out of the cave, David came to the mouth of the cave and said, Hey Saul, I had the chance. And I didn't kill you. Would you stop chasing me? Saul said yes, but he lied. A couple chapters later, he keeps chasing. But how about David? Where do you think he got the perseverance and the self-control? He was a man after God's own heart. And wasn't on his own. Perseverance. Hupam ane. Just repeat after me. It's fun to say. Hoop. Om. On. A. Hupam ane. I still don't think we got it right. That's perseverance. Remaining behind. A patient, enduring. God enables the believer to remain or endure the challenges that he allots in life. Job could testify to that. I like what James, the half-brother of Jesus, says In James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith 
develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be... Excuse me. Verse 4, James chapter 1. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. He doesn't want us to stay baby Christians. He wants us to grow to be more like Him. And we know when He was on this earth, He suffered, huh? And we know we will share in His sufferings. But we will also share in His glory. It'll be worth it. Now, who knows what we may suffer and why. What the Lord might allot in our lives that we must patiently endure. Maybe a disaster. Maybe unanswered prayer. Temptation that the Lord just won't seem to take away. Maybe brokenheartedness. Maybe an illness. An illness, actually a life of illness, is what Esther Rustoy went through. She was born on February 21st, 1909. She died April 8th, 1962. And if you do the math, that's only 53 years. And a lot of those years, she suffered through illness. Esther was the sister of a musical evangelist by the name of Phil Kerr. Now, Phil, he wrote a book. He researched a collection of stories about hymns and gospel songs. Well, too bad he didn't write about his sister and the song she wrote. Because I could not find anything about the hymn we're going to sing this morning. Except that her name was Esther, she was sick, and she had a brother who wrote about other people but not her. I knew this was the hymn we were going to close with. I've known since this summer when it got stuck in my head. But I just couldn't find much information about the song or its author, Esther, in my research. I don't know what kind of illness she suffered from, but I do know, and you may already know if you did the quick math, She died at the age of 53. And maybe the most meaningful thing about her life is that despite her ill health, she persevered by praising the Lord. She wrote all kinds of hymns throughout the 20s, 30s, and 40s. 
In fact, if you go to Amazon and search her name, I'm telling you folks, I looked everywhere. You can buy a songbook of her greatest hits for $17. There's only one left though, so... But she wrote a hymn that we're going to close with. It's the only one of her hymns that I know. And the course is what I remember. It's been so long since we've sung it. I'm glad Kathy and Paul and the team practiced it. Because I... I couldn't even remember the the lines, just the chorus. But the chorus says this, and it's one to get stuck in your head. It says this, It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life trials will seem so small when we see Christ. One glimpse of His dear face, all sorrows will erase It will be worth it all when we see Christ. As I wrap this thing up, let Him have control. Let Him have control of your life. Letting Him have control is the only way we'll get what He wants. And we want what He wants. Letting Him have control is the only way we're going to make it through. And I close the message with this scripture. Romans. Chapter 8. Verse 16 to 18. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, If we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ in order that we will indeed share in His sufferings in order that we may also share in His glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast is helpful to you, please rate us on iTunes or like our page, Springwater Church the Nazarene, on Facebook. Have a great day and Lord bless.